Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we praise your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. Father, we just praise you and we lift you up. We magnify your holy name. We are awed by you. We are awed by your the, the, your creation. We are awed to be able to look out into space telescopes and see the unbelievable artwork of the firmament of your hands and uh, understand that there's more than just one universe, but possibly multiple universes and certainly many dimensions and and so many things that we do not understand, but little by little we start to see them unfold in your scripture as we look for those signs to understand the the mysteries of, of our existence and things like Ezekiel's wheel and how you have, you know, bow the heavens and, and understanding that that's really kind of a reference of uh, uh, what what's referred to as, uh, you know, warp speed throughout the universe. Father, it's, it's so amazing to, you're so amazing. It is so awesome to realize, you know, people might say things like they don't, you know, they don't understand and they kind of crunch it down into a little box. They try to smush into a, a thimble, but they don't really they expand their hearts to understand the magnitude, the hugeness, the amazing glory that is associated with who you are. For, for many people, it's very difficult to even imagine that heaven could be on a planet uh, in the eternal realm. In the glorified parts of the universe, people would su- suggest that that just doesn't make sense to them. But yet, to me, it does because why? Why look at look at you know how Solomon's temple was built and and uh, you know with the intention of you know everything. It's just the whole story. It makes sense that you would want to live in part of your creation. It doesn't mean you're restricted to it, of course, but it just expands our hearts and our minds to be able to get. Uh, uh, a feel, a little bit of a feel for how big all of this actually is. And I think that that, Father, I just wanted to say thank you because all, you know, we're living in a very dark time right now and we see the darkness closing in on us. And, you know, at least some of us do. And we, and I, I personally feel very sorry for our fellow brothers and sisters who do not see what's coming at us. Um, and they're living wherever they are in their belief systems. And unfortunately, it appears, at least to the best of what we can tell from paying attention to what you've blessed us to understand and to be able to perceive, it appears that the end times are progressing regardless of uh, the perceptions that are being communicated and, and, and the various uh, prophetic voices that are out there uh, continuously predicting um, different dynamics than what reality shows us. And Father, we praise you because, you know, it, 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 we're not to, we know it's not easy. We know that our, our challenges in life are remarkably difficult in some cases. Um, certainly many of us would like to get lost in the, um, the, the Jesus part of this time of the year um, and just, you know, immerse ourselves in um, the spirit of the birth of our Lord. Um, but at the same time, as the world continues to get more and more difficult to navigate and be a part of. We don't want to be a part of it. We recognize that our citizenship is in heaven, Philippians 3.20. But at the same time, 
unfortunately, we are burdened with having to live kind of like uh, with one foot in a part of the universe that we really would rather not be a part of. But we understand that it is part of your divine will, it is part of your divine and glorious plan. Isaiah 43:25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. And Father, we do state our case before you. We don't have an excuse. We are perpetual sinners, and we the best that we can do is practice righteousness, as First John 3, 7 says. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, our King Jesus, is righteous. And Father, we pray that you will continue to help us to be able to move forward in our in in our sanctification and and help those of our brothers and sisters that are struggling with different um, behavioral patterns in their lives. Uh, maybe they're suffering from certain types of addictions or they're drawn into things uh, that they know are wrong. Father, we just pray that through the power of the heavens, through the power of your angels, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the prayer of the saints, that you will anoint them with, with, with a uh, sense of determination. Give them what they need to have the necessary determination, that that true fear of being left behind. I have that fear. I don't want to be left behind. I know what's coming for those who are. And we, you know, it's, it's just going to be an awful time to be on the earth. And we just praise you, Father, for Matthew eighteen nineteen. I I love it. It's, it's quickly becoming my very favorite verse. Again, I say to you, and we thank you, Jesus, for these words. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. And one of the reasons, Father, that I love this verse so very much is because, unlike some of the other ones that are very similar, here it simply asks for us to agree. It doesn't say we have to be in the same room. It doesn't say that we have to be on the same continent. We can be on opposite sides of the world over a messenger. We can be sending an email to one another in prayer. And as long as we are in agreement together and we're on the earth, which we are, obviously, this promise to me is one of the greatest promises in the entire Scripture, and I adore it. And I just wanted to tell you, Jesus, I adore these words. You are the Word, the Word of God, the only In fact, the Word of God is essentially the sword of the Spirit. It is the only offensive weapon in the entire arsenal of, uh, you know, the the, uh, armor, the full armor of God. And we praise you for that because we need to know the Word as best as possible and try to practice and commit to memory as best as possible. Again, I I remember, Father, when I was struggling myself, I thought I wasn't going to be able to memorize scriptures. And then I started trying a little bit harder. I started writing the scriptures down. I know you remember this and carrying them with me and practicing them, repeating them over and over again on little three by five cards in my pocket. And then suddenly I started to discover that I was remembering them. 
Suddenly I started to discover that just by virtue of doing this prayer vigil program and repeating many of the scriptures, even though I try to mix them up a little bit more every on each show to to you know to touch upon so many of the blessings that you have uh, woven through the harmony of your word, it's just by the sheer repetition of of some of these key scriptures, you suddenly realize that you have memorized it. And I just praise you for that, Father. I used to think it would be an exercise in futility for myself. I didn't think I had the ability to be able to remember things like that or to memorize scripture. And then just all I had to do is start writing them down on little cards, buy a little stack of three by five cards and start carrying them around with me. And it's just such a blessing. Now I have stacks and stacks and stacks of laminated scripture cards, and I can't carry them all around with me. There's too many of them, and I just praise you for it. Father, I want to also, we are to pray and praise you in good and bad, and I want to praise you, Father, for the thorns in the flesh, and I do mean thorns, plural, in the flesh that you have given me. Um, I admit, and I know that you can see in my heart, I, uh, you know, and you know my every thought. I see a one. Th- um, I'm sorry, Psalm 139. But at the same time, Father, I confess before you, and you know, of course, that I struggle, you know, with trust issues sometimes when the intensity of the trials and tribulations that I personally have to go through and endure, I get worried. I have anxiety. Um, I have difficulty sleeping a lot of times. And, um, and Father, I just want to beseech you and ask you, not just for myself, but for other people who have similar challenges in their lives, many of us do, that you will anoint us, Father, with a spirit of trust, something that is supernatural and beyond our understanding, and help us to, to really embrace the importance of trusting you, to learn to understand that you have, you know, just to remember in our hearts and to be able to embrace it of how you have taken care of us throughout our entire lives, that there, uh, as you know, Father, one of the colloquialisms or witticisms or whatever I, I, I treasure is my life is full of catastrophes that never happened. And Father, so many of us live in a state of worry, particularly in these days, and we have so many promises that come from you that are only afforded us when we are uh, trusting you. And, you know, like Isaiah 26, 3, that you will keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed upon you because we trust you because we trust you. And Father, we're just going to ask you, please, in the name of Jesus, that you would, through the, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, through the presence of our walk, through the presence of our prayer and our praise to you throughout the, to, through the work day, through the week, um, when we're exhausted, when we can't sleep, that we just keep it at the forefront of our hearts how you have been there for us all along. And even though we may be going through much more difficult trials and tribulations, much more difficult, what I, what I believe is a, is a period of the thorn in the flesh, or in, in many of our cases, uh, multiple thorns in the flesh that are being twisted, uh, and they hurt, and they're very difficult to endure. 
we need to be able to just let it roll off of our shoulders, live one day at a time, maintain that one day at a time, those those day-tight compartments, and not allow our minds to drift, to renew our minds in such a way through your personal anointing and our praise and communion with you throughout the day, where we can remain in a place in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit and in our souls to be completely immersed in full of remembrance and in in and and communion with you throughout the day even though we are we may you know we have things that are happening in our lives that otherwise would if we allowed our minds to drift in that direction might haunt us might cause us to have serious anxiety problems um i it's just so obvious as we look back on the scripture lord that there's an awful lot of it dedicated on the idea that we should not worry. We should not worry. A lot of scripture, a lot of scriptural real estate is dedicated to not worrying. And um, and when we when we're truly honest with ourselves and we look back on our lives, I think most of us can say that you've always been there. You've been the one that kept the really super bad things from happening that caused these, what I call mini miracles to occur in our lives, circumstances to happen in a certain order whereby what could have been absolutely a a horrible outcome in our lives turned out to be a relatively minor, if not an incredibly minor event. You've been there. You're answering our prayers even when we don't realize that you're answering our prayers. And we just want to say thank you. We want to say thank you to you, Jesus, our advocate, because we know that you love us. It's an amazing concept, really, for to, to wrap our minds around, our hearts around, that the creator of creation, our heavenly father, the God of gods, Yahweh El, and his begotten son, our King Jesus, our Bridegroom, love us. It's so huge, so immense in its awesomeness, and we so quickly in the in in the intertwining of the challenges of our daily lives, how quickly we lose visibility into that awesomeness how big it is, how we should be worshiping you, how we should be thankful for that thorn in the flesh or those thorns in the flesh. Because they, just like with Paul, with Paul it kept him from developing pride. It kept him on his knees in prayer. It kept him where he needed to be to reach the maximum level of rewards that you wanted to bestow upon him. And that same dynamic exists in many of our lives. We look oftentimes at the things that are happening to us. I could sit here and list out my my thorns, which are many. <laughs> and really, when you think about it, Father, it is just so awesome that those thorns are there because they are going to keep us very close to you. When we see the things that are heading at us, 
when we understand that the threats that are being um, verbalized against mankind are not just threats, but essentially plans that are being executed against mankind, so many are lost in this notion that the end times is something that can be prayed away. Many believe or wish for easier, an easier journey as opposed to being to seek you for the courage, for the Joshua 1-9 courage to be able to overcome and walk through the fire and to touch other people's lives, to understand the power of our prayer as a royal priesthood, to realize that through our prayer, more people's souls can be saved than any megachurch might accomplish, particularly in this country. But yet, we so often forget. We don't realize how much power you have given us. It says so in the Word, but we frequently just don't embrace it. We think it's a last-ditch effort. Oh, I've tried everything. I guess I'll pray. When in reality, we should have been praying all along and trusting you. And we thank you for helping us to see and understand these things now, because now is the time more than ever before in the history of the world, the importance of these understandings are self-evident. I don't think I could endure knowing what I know now, hearing what I hear and seeing what I see happening across the world, the thorns in the flesh and the things that would normally give me intense anxiety, continuous intense anxiety, I don't think I would be able to handle them with grace at all, any grace at all, if it wasn't for you. Those thorns in the flesh keep us on our knees. Those thorns in the flesh, those problems of life, understanding the magnitude of the tidal wave of ugly that is heading directly at us is a strong motivator for us to seek you. It's a powerful motivational um, tool, really, for us to see how close we are to our departure, our imminent departure. Therefore, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray before you, and I ask and I hope in my heart that many others will join me in this prayer. It may be the very most important prayer for many of us. Now, for you, Father, I think probably our prayer for the lo- our, pr- our regular prayers for the lost and our fellow brothers and sisters are the most important. But for us, Father, I think maybe one of the most important prayers is Luke 21:36, where Jesus asked us to pray always to be counted worthy to escape all these things that are to come upon the earth and stand before him. And the only place that can be is at the wedding supper. And we praise you for helping us to understand that. We praise you for helping us understand that the country mansion areas that 
sprawl outward into the shadowy parts of heaven that are, you know, go for, I don't need, I can't even imagine how many miles. There must be millions of these Thomas Kincaid-like beautiful, um, just incredible mansions, country mansions. But then to, to also wonder if maybe we would be so blessed as to even receive a city mansion up on Mount Zion, the city of the living God, in the presence of an innumerable company of angels, just men made perfect, Hebrews twelve twenty two. Oh, Father, we want to be there. We want to send the holy hill, and we need your help. So together, in accordance with Matthew eighteen, nineteen, we're on earth, and we're coming in agreement together. And we pray, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, count us worthy, we pray. We know we're not. We know we're not. But we know that you, our Father, are able to count us worthy. Count us worthy to escape all these things that are heading at us. Now, for the first time, probably in, well, for some of us, our lives, we truly understand what it meant in the Scripture that if those days had not been cut short, no flesh would have been saved. Because we see the imminence of the threat from the darkness. That which you, Father, out of your incredible mercy, will use as a motivational tool to bring many to their knees who otherwise would never have even considered it would not have sought you out. We praise you, Lord, for um, for Acts two, seventeen through twenty one, I believe it is, where it says, "And all those, you know, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord shall be saved." How merciful is that of you, Father? It's amazing that you would extend salvation to people who are in, in a in a place of absolute desperacy, who never sought you out, not even for a moment in their entire lives, yet at that one fleeting nanosecond where the earth's crust opens up and they see their imminent death, knowing, you know, perhaps they were Buddhist, perhaps they believed in other things, and then they cried out to Jesus and that you would still save their soul. That is incredible mercy, Father. Incredible mercy. And we're asking you, please, count us worthy. Count us worthy, please, in Jesus' name, to be chosen as part of the bride, to be part of the barley harvest, the first fruits. We understand that there will be, and it does rain on the just and the unjust, we understand what's coming for those who do not make the barley harvest the first fruits rapture. Which as best as we can tell from the testimonies of so many evidently occurs shortly after World War III goes, turns into a hot war 
Now, some would say that it's already happening, and they would be right to some extent. There's no doubt about it. But we're talking about missiles flying between multiple countries. Father, we are aware, some of us are aware, that there are war dynamics bubbling up down in Venezuela and Brazil. That there are countries all over the world of, I can't, I, they're becoming so numerable that it's very difficult to keep track of them. That have violent protests in progress. Father, we take no sides. We praise you that we are part of your kingdom, as undeserving as we are. We praise you, Father, for helping us to understand that it is by your mercy alone that we may be counted worthy. We want more than anything to be chosen as part of the bride of our Lord Jesus. And we pray that you will count us worthy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for lending an ear. We pray that you will strengthen us, particularly our trust in you, that we can walk in peace. That that joy and peace will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans fifteen thirteen, And that peace will overwhelm us even in the midst of so many thorns. We praise your holy name and thank you, Father, for loving us enough to putting to put each one of us in a place, wherever that is, where we have peace, true peace, through being in your presence, where we hunger and thirst for our prayer time with you. And we thank you for that. So many aren't there. And we know the time approaches very quickly. We don't know how long. We're not going to make any predictions. We've learned our lesson. But we surely can see all of the prerequisite events occurring that we have been tracking for years, happening now, There, it's not. It's not. They're no longer threats. They're actually events that are occurring in real time. They're empirical in their nature, undeniable in their authenticity, verifiable. And we praise you for that, because it keeps us, Father, from roaming, our hearts and our minds from swirling around and getting too deeply involved in things of the world when we need to be way more deeply involved with worshiping you and praising your name, Jesus, drawing closer, singing songs to you, developing intimacy, 
becoming truly hungry for your presence. Not just because it gives us peace, but because it gives you the love that you deserve for first loving us, which we clearly do not deserve. And we thank you for all your suffering, all of the trials, tribulations, all the uh, insults that you bore, the beatings that you took. We do not really understand. Father, when, when the most powerful words of forgiveness are used, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How powerful is the revelation that neither do we. Neither do we. Thank you, Father, for loving us enough to bring us on this journey with you. Help us to have the courage. Anoint us with an outpouring of the spirit of trust through the power of the Holy Spirit that each day that we embrace that we embrace it as a challenge, that we work in exceedingly difficult work dynamics for those of us who are still working. Praise God for that. And we remember that when we work, we're really working for you. Just as the early church did. A ways to a means to bless others and to sow your love as an example of Christ to the people that are hurting and do not even understand what's happening and why. We praise you for helping us to see these things, to be sensitive enough and empathetic enough to be able to feel the desperacy that people must be feeling even today because they don't understand what it is they're going through and they don't understand why. We praise you, Father, for allowing us to understand it, even though it is a heavy burden to carry. And through our trust, through that anointing, through that courage that you give us, through Joshua 1.9, to be strong and of good courage, not to be afraid, not to be dismayed, and knowing that you are with us every step of the journey. We give you all the praise, all the glory. You're incredible. Father, we want to ascend the holy hill. We want to be in your throne room so bad, so bad. And only with your help and your mercy can we even be considered worthy. Let us seek ye first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, Father. And hope. Hope beyond hope through faith that we will all be counted worthy. That we will be there at that wedding supper. And it's looking like we're almost to the point that we can smell the food. And you're awesome, Father. We just wanted to thank you. 
Jesus, we praise your name. You are our hero. You are the wind beneath our wings. And without you, there's no point in any of this. Thank you for loving us the way that you do. Help us to understand the magnitude of this opportunity that you have presented to each of us, utterly unworthy. We praise your name and thank you and cannot thank you enough. To you be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Tonight is Friday, December the 1st. It is 7.36 p.m. Well, it just flipped. So it's 7.37 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And tonight, together, because God has been merciful to us and we actually can, and hopefully my air conditioner will not blow out my Sabbath candles, (laughs) but together we can light, if we have them, our Sabbath candles, or if you prefer the word Shabbat, that's fine. Or if you don't, you can have, that's the cool thing about it. If you read Romans 14, the blessing of that uh, series of uh, passages is that uh, we're not held, you know, we're not held under the law. We're not held under the, the restrictions and the timing and everything. Every day can be a Sabbath or no day can be a Sabbath. You can just commune with the Lord at the level of intensity that gives you peace. Because when you have peace, the Holy Spirit is right there with you. Glory to God. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Bore perihagafen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yav in Hilanu Zikaron Lemase Vereshit Kihuyom Tehila Lemikra Kodesh Zechelitziat Mitzrayim Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, himchaltanu. Baruch Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Praise God. 
Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our minds, our soul, our spirit, and our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire, Father God, in Jesus' name. Purge us in Jesus' name with your fire. Purge us in Jesus' name with your holy fire. In the name of Jesus Christ, alleluia, we praise your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that you set your wills against us, that you shall be immediately struck by the holy fire of God. We call down cluster bombs of fire to burn you in the screaming agony in the name of Jesus Christ. And we declare warrior angels to descend upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony. We have come to punish you before your time for greater things than these will we do. Because our king has gone unto the Father. And Lord Jesus, we plead your blood to seal that pit. Those demons are trapped, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, we also pray... We ask you for a platoon of warrior angels to be assigned to each of us, additional angels, not just those that you assign to our dwelling places. We do ask for a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit intermingled with your holy fire to swirl on all sides around our dwelling places, our cars, wherever we go, to protect us in the mighty name of Jesus, because there is an awful lot of evil out there, and we need all the protection we can get, because we are targets, for sure. And we praise you, Father God, for that divine protection. But we also ask you in the name of Jesus for the assignment of additional angels to shut down all demonic portals, to shut down all uh, threat vectors that we are unaware of, to listen in on conversations uh, that would, uh, whereby the darkness may attempt to come against us, and to make good eyes blind, good ears deaf, in the name of Jesus on our behalf, to close those demonic portals, to rip up and tear down any contracts, demonic contracts or demonic agreements. To vaporize, we call down the holy fire of God in the name of Jesus Christ, to vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons, and to vaporize every fiery dart that is launched against us, and to burn in the screaming agony any demon that was behind it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God. Surround us with that holy fire. Surround us with a thorny hedge of protection on all sides, Job 1.9. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray for that divine protection upon us, and also, Father God, Please extend it to our loved ones and protect them as well. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Amen. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you and I will look up. Psalm 5.3 One thing I have desired of you, Father, one thing we will seek, that we may dwell in your house, the house of the Lord, all the days of our life, to behold your beauty, to inquire in your temple. For in the time of trouble, you will hide us in your pavilion, in that secret place of your awesome tabernacle. You shall hide us. You shall set us high upon a rock. 
Psalm 27.4. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of our salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 24, 3. We praise your name. Once in a while, a you will give birth to a lamb and then reject it. If the lamb is returned to the ewe, the mother may even kick the poor animal away. Once a ewe rejects one of her lambs, she will never change her mind. These little lambs will hang their heads so low that it looks like something's wrong with their necks. Their spirit is broken. These lambs are called Bummer lambs. Unless the shepherd intervenes, the lamb will die, rejected and alone. So do you know what the shepherd does? He takes that rejected little lamb into his home. He hand feeds it and keeps it warm by the fire. He will wrap it up with blankets and hold it close to his chest so the little bummer lamb can hear his heartbeat. And once that lamb is strong enough, the shepherd will place it back in the field with the rest of the flock. But that sheep will never forget how the shepherd cared for him when his mother rejected him. When the shepherd calls for the flock, guess who runs to him first? That's right, the little bummer lamb. He knows his voice intimately. It's not that the bummer lamb is loved more. It's just he intimately. He knows the one that loves him. And so many of us are Bummer lambs. We're rejected. We're broken. But our Lord Jesus is the Good Shepherd. He cares for our every need, holds us close to His heart so we can hear His heartbeat. We may have been broken, but we are deeply loved by our shepherd. From one bummer lamb to another. I love you. God bless you all.
hidden in the split-open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voice is in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Song of Songs 213b through 215. The Passion Translation.
should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. 1 Samuel 12:23. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble to revive the heart of the contrite ones Isaiah 57:15 contrite meaning feeling or expressing remorse or penitence affected by guilt having a broken and contrite heart. Charles Spurgeon, Morning Devotional for July 30th. And Peter remembered, and he broke down and he wept. Mark 14, 72. It has been thought by some that as long as Peter lived, the fountain of his tears began to flow whenever he remembered that he had denied his Lord. It is not unlikely it's not unlikely that it was so because for his sin was very great and grace in him had afterwards a perfect work 
This same experience is common to all the redeemed family, according to the degree in which the Spirit of God has removed the natural heart of stone. We all, like Peter, remember our boastful promise. Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. We eat our own words with the bitter herbs of repentance. When we think of what we vowed to, to what, what, what we vowed we would be and of what we have been, we may weep whole showers of grief. He remembered, denying his Lord, the place in which he did it, the little cause that led him into such a heinous sin, the oaths and blasphemies with which he sought to confirm his falsehood, and the dreadful hardness of heart that drove him to do so again and again. Can we, when we are reminded of our sins and their exceeding sinfulness, remain stolid, stubborn? Will we not make our house a place of sacrifice and cry to the Lord for renewed assurances of pardon, love? May we never take a dry-eyed look at sin in case we discover our tongue parched in the flames of hell. Peter also remembered his master's look of love. The Lord followed up the rooster's warning voice with an admonitory look of sorrow, pity, and love. That glance was never out of Peter's mind so long as he lived. It was far more effectual than 10,000 sermons would have been without the Spirit. The penitent apostle would be sure to weep when he remembered the Savior's full forgiveness, which restored him to his former place. To think that we have offended so kind and good a Lord is more than sufficient reason for being constant weepers. O oh, Father God, smite our rocky hearts and make the waters flow. Father, keep back your servants from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over us, and then we shall be blameless. We shall be innocent of great transgression. Psalm 19.13 For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to even subdue all things to himself. Philippians 3.20 And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, 
according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Ephesians 3.20 According to the power that works in us. For we were not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Anoint us with a spirit of trust, Father, and give us your peace. This time I like to anoint myself with holy oil. Matter of fact, I'm kind of a holy oil freak. Anointing myself with the holy oil. I even carry some on on a little keychain thing. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we exercise the role of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the role of the victor against all demonic regions that have permitted these spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And we require the immediate destruction of all their books and artifacts of sorcery. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, the cancellation of all their assignments against us. Penalties applied. We cast them into the pit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we consecrate ourselves into the complete ownership of our Lord Jesus Christ. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. In Jesus' name. We declare the abundant grace of God, the living water, upon us this evening. We declare the crystal river to wash away all impurities from every part, every particle of our existence in this hologram. We plead your blood, Lord, all over us, our dwelling places, all over us, Lord, for we know that your blood cannot be approached by the darkness. We declare that no weapons raised against us, earthly or spiritual, shall even exist. For we declare the holy fire to vaporize them. We rebuke the devil and the demons of darkness and we command you to flee. We cancel all demonic assignments against us with the authority of our King, Jesus Christ. We break all yokes of bondage, all curses placed against us. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection around us on all sides. A whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. Father, we declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus that all of our praise, all of our prayers, Father, will be completely encapsulated in a vortex of holy fire all the way up through the firm of the rock, busting through in the name of Jesus into the throne room of God and uniting with the glory pillar. Hallelujah. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we praise you. We are ready for all. We accept all. We proclaim this with our confession. For there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Let only your will be done in us, in all of us, we pray. We wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands we commit our soul. Into your hands we commit our spirit. We offer it to you, Father, with the love of our heart. For we love you, Lord. We so need to give of ourselves, to surrender of ourselves into your hands. Without reserve, with boundless confidence and trust. For you 
or our dear Father, our Abba Father. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act, and do not delay, Daniel 9.19, for your people, the hopeful bride of your Son, our King. We cry out to you, Father, please, let not our prayers be hindered. 1 Peter 3.7 Glory to you. Glory to you, Father. We praise your holy name. And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away those filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you in rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head. They put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge over my courts. And I will give you places to walk here. Uh, walk amongst these who stand here. Can you imagine the multitudes? It's just amazing. It's just amazing. Hebrews twelve twenty two to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion. See, this is talking about heaven. It's not talking about earth. A lot of people just don't connect the dots very well a lot of times. But it's pretty clear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly, to Congress, the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator, that's a lawyer, an advocate, of the new covenant, the new covenant, the love, covenant. When you understand the courts of heaven, when you understand that our Father is the Most High, El Elyon, the judge of all, as it says right here, when you understand the, the concept of an old contract or covenant, if you will, and versus a new contract and a, or a new covenant. When you have an old, when you have an existing contract, <clears throat> you can loose the clauses of those con contracts. You can loose the clauses. So it may, ha it may say that this, you know, you shall not do this, you shall not do that. Well, you can loose those contract and you can 
bind new clauses to the contract that supersede the old. So the old contract becomes a new contract. This is why Jesus was continuously saying things like, you have heard it said that if you want to get a divorce, that all you need to do is this, that, and the other thing. But I say, because when Jesus came to this earth, he updated the covenant, the love covenant. But most people, I don't say most people, but that seems like the vast majority of folks don't really quite understand that. They're still living with one foot in the old covenant, but they haven't really completely arrived into the love covenant. The love covenant, we carry our cross to our own death. We become sheep led to the slaughter. We pray for those who persecute us. We show them love when they show us behaviors that are far less and in some cases very difficult to endure. They steal from us and we go and give them more. We heap coals of love on their head so that they actually feel not only what Jesus is all about through us, but also true guilt for how they behaved. And it's not just life-changing. It's eternity-changing. That's some amazing stuff. Praise God. For you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. There you go. Jesus in the love covenant just bound a new clause to override the old. It's amazing. Also, we heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? Father, here we are. Send us in Jesus' name. Isaiah 6, 8. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you, the thorns in the flesh that are being twisted <laughs> and made worse every day, it seems like, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice. Rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. Now, you know, you might say to yourself, well, all that crummy stuff I'm having to deal with at work, all those really crummy bad assignments and mean customers and redos and requests and assign, you know, just all that ugh, stuff that you just did is so fantastically irritating. You just want to rip the last hair out of your 
top of your balding scalp like me. But anyway, here's the thing. You know, you might initially think to yourself that those are not, you are not partaking in Christ's sufferings. You're just dealing with, you know, life. But I've put a lot of thought into this. And it depends on who you are and how you behave and how much you've progressed in your sanctification process as you're moving forward in your walk. In other words, if you're if you're more like, say, for example, the early, the really early church, because remember, over time, see, it's the study of the really, really early church that helps us to understand what Jesus really wanted from his people. Over time, Satan erodes that. So you have to be careful with books like the Fox's Book of Martyrs because in the very first several chapters of it, you'll see that self-sacrificing spirit where people would walk hand in hand with their children to their death singing praises to God, knowing that they're going to be with Jesus, having very little fear, if any, driving their persecutors nuts, literally, because they did, their persecutors didn't understand it. And then, But then hundreds of years later, you'll start to see where Satan infiltrates into what's left of some of those groups. And they start taking up earthly weapons is a satanic response. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God so that we hold every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 2, 4, 5. Thank you, Jesus. Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. When you work your job, as the early church did, so that you had the ability to help others, to touch other people's lives, to, to contribute to the kingdom and the kingdom work that needed to be done. It was a ways to a means. Would I like to just stop doing everything and disappear uh, to, to North Pole, Alaska and get myself a cheap little apartment if there was such a thing, you know, and just, no. You know, I mean, it's, it, there's a part of me that wants to, you know, doesn't it, I think everybody wants to imagine going to a wonderful place that's so much better than, but the grass isn't greener. It's only greener because it's fake. When you live your life as a ways to a means to serve God, however you serve him, through kindness, showing kindness to other people, being people with their groceries, and especially today when many who walk into a store can't afford even the most basic things.
even the ministry of prayer, which is one of the most powerful ministries and one of the most rewarded ministries that we can undertake on behalf of God and our Lord Jesus. I work not because I enjoy what I do. I work as a ways to a means. And I can tell you that I am partaking in Christ's sufferings on account of it. That when Jesus' glory is revealed, that that we may all be glad with exceeding joy. What is exceeding joy? Reminds me of the prayer at the end of the book of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep me from stumbling and present me faultless before the presence of God's glory with exceeding joy. I want to know what exceeding joy feels like. I imagine you probably do too. Praise the Lord from the earth. Praise Him from the earth. You great sea creatures and all the depths. Fire, hail, snow, cloud, stormy wind, fulfilling His word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and cedars, beasts and cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all the peoples, princes and judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 148, verse 7. Praise waiteth for thee, O Father, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against us. As for our transgression, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even thy holy temple. By frightful and terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation. Hallelujah. Psalm 65, 1 through 5. Praise Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to use this electronic ecclesia to touch people. Stephanie, I did get your email. You know that I've answered it already, and I thank you for your kindness. God bless you. God bless every single person that is joining us. When we're praying together, whether it's live or Memorex, we're doing it on earth, aren't we? So Matthew eighteen nineteen applies to us. I love that scripture. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse us from our secret faults. Keep back your servant from presumptuous sins. Thank you, Father. Did you know there's only one scripture in the entire Bible that says talks about presumptuous sin? What do you think a presumptuous sin is? Well, I'm pretty sure it maps very harmoniously 
to the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Let us pray that we all have the heart, the contrite heart of the tax collector. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For those commandments, you shall not commit adultery or murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, they are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Father, you did not choose us. Or we did not choose you, but you chose us and appointed and ordained us that we should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever we ask in your name, Jesus, you may give us. John fifteen sixteen. Don't forget the fruit of the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Long-suffering is like incredible patience. It's like when people are hurling insults and treating you really badly. And you just kind of kick back and let it go. And just remember, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. When you Use those words. They are the most powerful words against the forces of darkness. When someone is confronting you, when you feel threatened, when there is evil approaching, Father, forgive them. See, when you, when you ask our Father as a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2.9, which is what we are, it doesn't say you're going to become a royal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 says that you are, right now, a royal priesthood. So when you use that authority that you've been given through Christ, and you say, Father, forgive them, what you are doing is you have taken away the legal right of the demons that are controlling them, to stay there. When you remove the legal right of the demon to control the individual whom you are praying, for whom you are praying, at that point, kicking them out is no problem whatsoever. It is the bar none, the most powerful prayer that you can pray. Because when you take away the legal right that demon to control the bad, evil people that whatever might be threatening you. And you command those demons to get out in the name of Jesus. That, those individuals, you will be amazed. There are actually YouTube videos that you can find out there. I used to collect them. 
store owners that had guns pulled on them by robbers and things like that. And they point their finger and said, in the name of Jesus, get out, get out of that person now. And they're not talking to the individual. They're pointing at the demons that are controlling them. Invariably, the person drops the gun and runs out of the store. And that's just one of an untold number of examples, many of which are that are captured on film. It's really quite amazing. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let us go ahead and enter in to communion. about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I eagerly yearn for this supper, and that you suffer so its children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. They did not understand the reach of his plan. We were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to plead to the heavenly force You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had power to call And I can only imagine The thunderous sound As the heaven exploded in tears We were freed from our chains Now all that remains Is to never give in we are destined to win, so we gather remembering the healer of our soul, destroyer of death, the Lord over all, the light in our arms, the edge of our sword, the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in our land. All of creation Restored by his hand Eternity All is revealed By the time we remember All scars will be healed We long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased
A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. First Peter 2.9 Colossians 3.12 Philippians 4.8 He, our Lord Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. God 
was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16 We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51.1-14. through 14. Father, please, we pray. We don't deserve it, but we ask for your mercy. According to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your incredible mercy, blot out our transgressions. Father, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. We confess of our sins. We acknowledge our transgressions before you. Our sin is always before us, Father. Against you. Father, you only we have sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part. And in the hidden part, you will make us to know your wisdom. Father, purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us. And we shall be whiter than snow. Lord, let us hear joy and gladness that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from our sins. Blot out all of our iniquities. Father, please create in us all a clean heart. Renew a steadfast and determined spirit within each of us. Do not cast us away from your presence. And Father, anoint us in a way that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And then we will teach transgressors your ways. Sinners will be converted to you. Father, deliver us from the guilt of our past sin, O Lord. God of our salvation. And our tongues shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Ani Lododi Bododi Li I am my beloved and my beloved is mine
You were hurt for my offense. You were sick for my disease. You were poor for my prosperity. You were strong when I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer. I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God Almighty to always be with me. And I know I will never be Continue to roll in. CBN article. Headline. Satanist has a vision of Jesus. Gets delivered from addiction and suicide. I felt this love. This joy from God. Article by Michelle Wilson. Another confirmation. More than 200 Muslim men in Gaza have converted to Christianity after reportedly seeing Jesus in their dreams. 
Charisma News. AG missionaries, Muslims encountering Jesus in dreams at an alarming rate. D'Souza reports on Twitter. Muslims by the millions are converting to Christianity. This has never happened before. And the astounding explanation given by many of the converts is that they are seeing dreams and visions of Jesus. There's more. Job 33:14 King James For God speaketh once, yea, twice, but man perceiveth it not, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, and the slumberings upon the bed. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and his pride from man, keeping back his soul from the pit. Thank you, Jesus. We are the sons of God. We are the masters of the devil and his demons. And we are the servants and foot washers of mankind. So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. But I found no one. Ezekiel 22.30 On behalf of the land. Praise God. Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. Because I go unto the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it particularly if it glorifies the Father. And again, now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Colossians 2.15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. This is Jesus on the cross. But wait, it is no longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. That power moves through us and our prayers and our commands. Intensified prevailing prayer Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable. It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angels into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. Wesley L. Duell, the book Mighty Prevailing Prayer. 
James 5.16b, the effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity, impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervent, and heartfelt. And you might say, well, wait a minute. Well, I will also point you to Second Kings 20, verse 5, where Hezekiah had already had his judgment made against him. And our Father had mercy on him. He said, I have seen your tears. And I will answer you. Prayers that come from the heart have infinitely more power than those that do not. We cast out demons, Mark 16, 17 to 18, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants, and if they drink, that is ingest, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Does it say immediately? No, it does not. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6, where the weapons of our warfare are not earthly, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing. And it says the words high thing, it's talking about principalities, power, spiritual host of wickedness, rulers of darkness, thrones in high places. Okay? That exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this age, spiritual host of wickedness in high places. I don't know if you've ever watched a wrestling match, but... Uh, They can get pretty, you know, both parties are involved in in it, and it is a, you know, no one's sitting in the corner crying going, oh, please, Jesus, help me. None of that. You take your authority, you use it against these entities. If you've been through half of the stuff that I've been through, believe me, you have a vendetta. (laughs) And no better place to take out your frustrations, break out that spiritual Louisville slugger, than on these entities from the bowels of Sheol that are out to try to kill us right now. Make us eat bugs and everything else under the sun. Anyway... 10 verse 19, before the cross, before Pentecost, Jesus said to the 70 that he sent out, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. Interesting choice of words, by the way. Might as well have said reptilians and draconians. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Why did he wait until the people came running together? That the Father would be glorified in the Son. And when he told the spirit, the evil spirit, to leave, he wasn't asking. 
It's like you're kicking a rabid dog. Get them out. Matthew twelve twenty eight, Jesus said, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. The strong man is the, it's a hierarchy. It's a demonic hierarchy. The most powerful, it's cutting off the head of the snake. You cast out the strong man, demon, and the rest of them just follow suit and get lost. Matthew twelve forty three to 45. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man and goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. The human body. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept in, put in order. And then he goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. That's why Jesus said, now go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The thing that the church never teaches. Oh, they're real big on casting out the demons, but they don't teach the poor victim that if they don't continue the fight and steer clear of repetitive sin, willful and habitual sin, because those they're going to be in a lot worse shape after. <laughs> so they go walking in, the, the elders of a Pentecostal or Assembly of God or whatever church comes around, they cast out the demons, the person's sitting there bawling in tears, they're relieved, it's, it's, a, it's an, a, a very emotional experience to be delivered, and then they never say a word to them. They, they say, come to church next week. And they send them on their way. One of the most dangerous things that the church does today because they don't train the individual what they must do to prevent the demons from coming back. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, and for anybody that's new to this, I'm just going to touch upon it real quick. <clears throat> We're going to go ahead and pray for the land. Ezekiel 2230. We're going to stand in the gap on behalf, you know, for the Lord on behalf of the lands. Now, when we're praying on behalf of the lands, what we're doing is we're ultimately praying for the people who reside in those lands. We're not praying for the trees. You know, we're praying for the people who are there. And what we're doing is we're going to do it methodically. Okay, so we're going to as a royal priesthood, if you understand the concept of being a royal priest, you have the ability to, to uh, essential. Okay, so the original. If you go back into the Old Testament, into Levitical priesthood, etc., they would give you know animal sacrifices and such like that for sin of the people, right? So then you have you know scriptures like for example in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 6 where Nehemiah confesses of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel well what gave Nehemiah the ability to be able to confess of other people's sins you see that and oh and by the way Daniel did that as well while he was confessing of his sins by the way so you start to put this all together and you're like, no, wait a minute, I'm a royal priesthood, so that gives me the authority to do what? The same thing. The same thing, except today. 
So what we do, what we're going to do is we're going to pray methodically. We're going to work our way down all the way to the point where we are bringing ultimately the angels of light and love in the presence of the Lord Jesus by his grace into the dreams and visions of the people that we're praying for ultimately. But we're going to start by parting the spiritual realm as the Red Sea, because the spiritual realm, there's this, it's like a firmament, it's a crust of darkness. There's this unseen realm, which is known as the high places, where the principalities, the thrones, uh, the, the spiritual host of wickedness, these, these entities reside there. We can't see it, but it's there. And the angels don't like to go through that part, because they can be detained just like the angel that was trying to bring the answer of the Babylonian captivity to Daniel over the 21-day fast. If it wasn't for you know an archangel coming to his rescue, that message would never have gotten delivered. That, that angel would have been detained indefinitely by the Prince of Persia, etc. Now, when you understand that concept and you understand that that is very real, it's important to clear the path so that those Entities of darkness cannot monkey with or detain or hinder the angel's movement that you're calling down through that spiritual realm into action upon the earth. You're also going to confess of the sins on behalf of the people. You're going to confess of their sins, the sins of their first fathers, their father's fathers. You're going to break generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees. You're going to do this on their behalf. Because you have that authority. You're going to ask our Father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. Because they don't. Remember, you're praying for millions of people. Then, you're going to go after the second order demons. That's what they refer to them. The principalities, the powers, the spiritual host of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places. Okay? Just to, you know, you're going to go after them. Go after them. You've got to wrestle with them, right? Take them out. Take them out. Disarm them. Colossians 2.15. Then, while they're being kept busy by the angels that you've just called down, you go after the, the demons that are in the people. And you command the strong men to get out, the subordinate spirits to get out. And you call down an innumerable company of angels of war to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. Get the demons out of the people. You're doing this in mass, on mass. Is it effective for 100% of the people all of the time? Absolutely not. Is it effective for some of the people some of the time? Absolutely. Once you do that, at that point, you call down the abundant grace of God, the crystal river, the living water, into their soul, their spirit, to fertilize the soil that is in it. Okay, this is... It's essentially extract, extrapolated from a parable that Jesus used to explain how when things that are taught of God fall on 
you know, bad soil. They won't take root, etc. Well, you, you want to fertilize that soil. So it's a metaphor, but nevertheless, you're calling down these, the, the, the anointing from heaven to fertilize their soil, the soil of their soul, their spirit. You want that soil to be fertilized. You want that soil to be ready to receive. And then you call down the angels, angels of light and love in the presence of Jesus by his mercy to come upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. So there's actually a scriptural method to how this is done. Now, am I saying it's the only way? Absolutely not. 1 Corinthians 8.2. If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. However, over time, this has been my witness. This has been what the Lord has shown me. I won't get into the testimonies. I won't get into the times when I was on the phone with somebody in Australia and they saw the holy fire of God around my house and could actually see the angels standing out. I mean, I cried. I cried like a baby because it was a, that person had no idea how I prayed. They had never even heard my voice before. They didn't know there was a prayer vigil. I was simply calling them over Skype so that I could coordinate having them come on as a guest. And they were given a vision of my home in real time. When the Lord gives you somebody with a vision or a word of knowledge, and they're able to come to you and tell you this is what they see, and it's a confirmation of something that you were doing out of faith, that's a mind-shattering experience. And it's highly motivational. One time, there was this lady. Now, I don't know where she is anymore. We have lost communication with each other, but her name was Naomi. And she lived in Johannesburg, South Africa. There is a lot of Satanists there. The black arts of Satanism are very, very predominant, pervasive, especially in Africa. And she sent me a, a communication one night, and she said, you know, you're not going to believe this, but I had the prayer vigil on in my house, in my apartment, turned up loud. And the man upstairs who she knew was a Satanist was running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. She could hear him running, screaming, I'm on fire! I'm on fire! So when I pray these things, I already know that they're effective. You I pray in Jesus' name also will be able to understand that and know it in your heart and your spirit because that power that we have, especially when it's used in accordance with the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, your offensive weapon, is unstoppable. And more people can be saved that way than a thousand megaphones on a street corner. Praise God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray for let's pray for the continent of Asia. There sure is an awful lot of people there. Dear Heavenly Father, we hold up a golden bowl of forgiveness symbolically before you, and we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, please pour out our golden bowls of forgiveness. Pour it out upon all of the peoples of the lands of Asia, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Father God, Pakistan, India, Father God, with almost a billion people or slightly over. Father God, the peoples of Mongolia, Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, Thailand, Father God, in Jesus' name, Russia, China, um, Okinawa, Japan, uh, Taiwan, the Philippines, and all lands in between, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we pray, forgive them. Please, Father, for they know not what they do. Forgive the peoples of those lands, Father, even if but for a time, in the name of Jesus, we pray, for you would not want to perish. Thank you, Father. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of Asia in Jesus' name for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely and unhindered into the lands of Asia to save souls in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Alleluia. And we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Asia. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness and high places above the lands of Asia, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we call down fire swords of cherubim to cut you into pieces in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony in Jesus' name. And we declare an innumerable company of angels of war and archangels to follow, diamond-tipped sword sharp as razor blades to enter into battle with you in the spiritual realm in the mighty name of Jesus Christ such as never been seen since before there was time unclean spirits deaf and dumb spirits anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior strong men come forth subordinate spirits out now we command you to get out of the peoples of the lands of Asia now leave in Jesus name We declare in the mighty name of Jesus Christ an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon the peoples of the lands of Asia to find these demons, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, and cast them into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them where they are into screaming agony in Jesus' name. And we plead the blood of Jesus, please, to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. Father, we plead in the name of Jesus for the crystal river, the living water, your abundant grace to flow deep into their hearts, to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain in accordance with John fifteen sixteen in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray, O Lord, and declare by the power for an innumerable company of angels of light and love. And Lord Jesus, for your presence, we ask you, please, call each one of them out by their name, like Samuel. Show them your light and your love and save their souls. 
In Jesus' name. For God speaks once, yea, twice. But man perceiveth it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the bed, and then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction, keeping their souls back from the pit. Father, we praise you. We thank you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for our thorns in the flesh. We thank you for helping us to be able to see all the threats that are heading towards humanity. But we know, Father, that through those trials and tribulations and difficulties, many who otherwise would not be saved will call out upon the name of our Lord. And we thank you, Father, for your mercy. We praise you, Father, for our trials, our difficulties, keeping us close. Please, please, count us all worthy to escape these things that are about to come upon the earth. We so hope we are called in the barley harvest to the wedding supper as part of the first watch unmentioned in Luke 12 35 36 and 37 allow us we pray to be part of the first watch in Jesus name God bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. We will see you next Friday. And Lord willing. (laughs) And as each day goes by, those words, Lord willing, take on a whole new order of magnitude. God bless you. May you be anointed by the presence of the Lord Jesus. And now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans fifteen thirteen. God bless you all. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are. By your embrace, praise His holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you. We will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free.
write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice as we lift your name on high. Renew our mind, renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on the living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently.